Yeah, let's do it. It's a Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. Welcome into BetQL Daily. Chris Mack, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you for the next three hours as we are every single day live coast to coast from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today. Take us with you wherever you're going this morning. And then anything you miss, you download it as a podcast later inside the Odyssey app as well. And, of course, you can watch the show, twitch.tv slash BetQL, and on YouTube as well. A lot of hoops to get to today, including how we did last night in some of our plays. It's Tuesday, so second hour of the show, we'll catch up with Vaughn Dalzell of NBC Sports to talk a little bit of everything, whether it be NFL, NBA, college hoops. Isaac Trotter at the top of the third hour of 24-7 sports, definitely to focus in on college hoops. And again, we had a couple plays there last night that we can talk about. But let's start. We've got Super Bowl injury news already. Turns out, Charles Omenehu, he's got a torn ACL. So, immediately, the Chiefs, that defense that we talked about so much yesterday in the aftermath of holding down Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, and that has really sort of helped them weather the storm this year, guys. That defense takes a hit with a guy out long-term, but the immediate impact is one less pass rusher, a very effective pass rusher, to get after Brock Purdy. And Joe, this doesn't immediately move any lines. I didn't see any immediate movement because of this, Um, but it is something to keep an eye on as we continue to prep for this one and build towards next Sunday. Yeah, um, I didn't expect this to move any any lines at all. Like, not even a half a point. I didn't expect that. We're all smart enough as far as the betting world. We understand what kind of movement. Outside of quarterback, it is the most impactful players. Um, and pass rusher is one of those positions. Like, But if it was, like, Chris Jones, like, then yeah. you could see, like, one out of 11 defensive players like Chris Jones, you could see some sort of an impact. I wonder if there's anybody else on that Chiefs defense where you would have seen that sort of movement. Sneed, maybe yeah. lose a corner. Um, maybe, yeah. We had a big uh, conference title game, maybe, but there's not. The list is short. Um, he was impactful in the regular season: seven sacks, eleven regular season games. But yeah, that's not going to move the needle. And you know, I, Aaron, I'm still searching for somebody to say I'm laying it with San Francisco. I have not seen that at all. Um, I thought the bet percentages would be even higher as far as Kansas City goes, but uh, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it's going to stop anyone. If this continues to trickle down closer and closer to that pick'em number. Yeah, he did have a strip sack um, against Lamar on Sunday, and then he left with that injury. I do think it's a big deal since the Chiefs' defense is the highlight of this team, but I I could understand why it wouldn't change things. Um, In terms of hearing people make a case for the Niners. I was thinking about that this morning. Like, am I just like the public here liking the Chiefs early? Am I going to regret this as we get closer to kickoff? Like, maybe I should have been on the Niners. It's it's not the public. It's everyone. It's sharp betters, (laughs) too. Like, took the two and a half. They're like, this two and a half is not going to be available. This isn't going to last. I'm going to jump on this right now. It's, It's everybody. 
But it also makes sense, right, Chris? Like, I understand the yeah. argument for Kansas City, and part of that is against San Francisco the way they played in the playoffs thus far. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. 64% of the money as of this morning uh, on Kansas City uh, and 70% of the tickets. Uh, that kind of info at BetQL right now. You can go find it yourself. 16.7%, though. Um, BetMGM giving us some of this information yesterday. Uh, yeah. both firsthand and via the New York Post. 16.7% of all Super Bowl futures bets this season were on the 49ers. So the 49ers still remain BetMGM's biggest liability going into this game, um, which is an interesting dichotomy of, okay, futures on one side, to your point, Joe, not just the public, but everybody coming in real hard on Kansas City here as soon as the game gets set. And how does that even things out for the books as we continue to approach next Sunday? And does it have any effect on the, the game day markets as well? Something to keep an eye on as, like I said, we push forward into next Sunday. Uh, we will talk plenty of Super Bowl today. We want to look again at the MVP market. We'll do that in about 15 minutes. Hour and 15 minutes from now, we're going to do... For the next week, week and a half here, we want to take a look back. Uh, NFL year in review. So at 1020 Eastern, uh, we'll look back on the NFC least. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> NFC East. Oh, Freudian slip. How about that? And talk about what each of these teams did is or did not division. do. Now, you remember last year? A year ago, this is the best division in football. It just not flips even, on its head in the NFL so much. Yeah, and not even last year. We'll get into this when we talk about it specifically. But, like, Eight, what, six, eight weeks ago? We're like, oh, man, the battle for the one seed. <laughs> yeah. I remember the week you were in Mexico, Joe. I was I was sitting in on the show, and I just remember talking every single angle for the one seed was based on Philly and Dallas and this. And whoop, gone out the window. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl specials as well in the final hour of the show. But let's talk about how we did last night. We had our blind college hoops home dog double play. <laughs> We went 50-50. We went 50-50. Virginia Tech goes cold shooting in the second half, so they end up uh, going down by 10 to Duke. Duke covers the three and a half. Texas-Houston, I thought, was the much more interesting one. We get the cover on Texas at home. Uh, They got five and a half. Thought they were going to win outright at times during the second half, uh, but Houston ends up winning it in OT, 76-72. That's a big... Big 12 road victory for them. Um, that That mm-hmm. is. Uh, that's that's one of those things that when we look back on Houston and we're trying to talk about resumes for one seeds and things like that, uh, Joe, where we'll look back on that one and say, okay, Texas may not be one of the best teams in the country, but it's a strong Big 12 squad at home. You had to go to OT, but you fought through another one of those cold stretches in the second half and ended up winning. Yeah, you could say uh, that it was positive for Houston or sometimes in tough conference losses where you have a tough string of games, you could say pushing that team to overtime, you did a lot more than I thought you were going to do. Like that's yeah. that's not bad. Um, unfortunately for me, I was thinking Va Tech would be the dogs in this situation that would end up covering. But no, it was Texas. You know, Jenks, uh, Jenks had the burnt orange on this morning, oh, maybe celebrating God. a cover. Not not a win last night, but uh, celebrating the cover. We didn't get to that, unfortunately, because we were. He still hung up on the the Aaron butt tattoo that ever came about. <laughs> but <laughs> the dunkster was not in, so I I 
believe he's depressed about the entire oh. situation. But um, well. yeah, it's been a tough schedule for spot, spot for <laughs> Texas. Fourth straight game against a top 25 team. But, um, you know, in the end, not a team that I know they're unranked at the moment, but I'm not going to completely forget about them because, you know, while it's been a losing stretch, like, when you show up, that's why we talk about teams in the Big 12, right? Because they're battle-tested. They're going through through these wars. Guys yeah. like Izzo that, that make the run in March, they love this. They take on the tough opponents <clears throat> in uh, non-conference play. And if they feel strongly they're going to be in there, like I thought it was a positive for both sides, Aaron. How about you? Yeah, and it really came down to the, those free throws in the end, too. Um, yeah. I, I could have re- – the. Uh, Texas could have won outright, I thought. A very, very close game. Uh, Acemas played very well. So, yeah, I think you got to like it. Good system play. Got to pick and choose your spots, though, when uh, betting on this. Right, Texas, you know, yeah, pick, choose, be careful. Uh, Texas, at least in Lenardi's latest bracketology, a play-in team, a 10 seed. So maybe one of those classic play-in teams that you keep an eye out for. You know, we we all just breeze by the play-in games when we fill out our brackets. Uh, if we do yeah. that come March, and maybe that's not a game that you breeze by. You look at it and say, hey, is this, I don't know if it's a UCLA-style team from a few years ago, but it's it's something that maybe a 10 seed that can, you know, sneak into the Sweet 16. Speaking of picking your spots, wow, Aaron Hawksworth on Howard and the team total. They cover it with like <laughs> three and a half minutes left. It? All right. Oh, uh, g- give the real story, Aaron. Like, what's going on? How did how did you get with Howard team total? How did you get? <laughs> All right. I was looking at the spread, and I'm like, let's be honest. I don't cover. I did cover Howard. They're down the street yeah. from me. They're like 30 yeah. minutes away. So I like to cheer for them. Um, their athletic department, they don't have a ton of money. So anytime you can see them do well, I get happy for them. So I was like, man, I have, I know nothing about Coppin State. I did do some research, and I'm thinking, you know, am I going to let it eight and a half with Howard? It seems like they should blow them out, but let's just go with the team total. Once I researched that they average more than what the team total was, I'm like, why not? Let's go. Yeah. Right? And they – and they won by 15, so they more than covered. You you, you nailed right. it. Good work. On, on right. Friday, I'm expecting a play on Howard Hampton. Oh. The next game. You've got three days. Real HU, I will. Okay. There's three days to prepare. They hate each Ms. other. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk with Isaac Trotter at 24-7 Sports uh, at the top of the third hour here on BetQL Daily about his takeaways from college hoops last night, those two games we mentioned, as well as what to look forward to the rest of the week. As for the NBA, let's start. Nailed the Suns' heat under for what that's worth. Heat shot just 39%. Suns are in the middle of this marathon road trip out east, 12 days, seven games. They've still got Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Washington to visit before the end of the day on Sunday. Um, Make of that what you will. More so that the Heat have lost seven in a row now. And Aaron... The owner of a preseason Miami Heat Eastern Conference ticket may look at this as an opportunity to double down and buy low. 
So probably not going to double down. So (laughs) we must have looked ahead at futures after the NBA championship because apparently I placed this bet June 13th of 2023. (laughs) So I think it was just more, my biggest takeaway was like, okay, he, they're free falling, seven game losing streak. This is like the worst since Spolster has been a head coach. Where is Hemi? But we all know that he can turn it on in the playoffs. So I, I looked and I'm like, oh, you're getting 12 to one for Eastern conference. I think noobs has come on a couple times and been pounding the table for the heat as well. So I think Mm -hmm. this could be a buy low spot. You know, and and I was thinking about it in terms of like the Chiefs, like, you know, you're not as good as maybe people thought you were going to be, but still there are some teams and if they have the right head coach, especially in the NBA where the regular season doesn't matter. That was one of our biggest lessons that we talked about that we learned last year. I think there's some value on the heat right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's uh, there's a few teams in that exact same range, 12, 14 to one that are on fire. Like the Knicks are one of them. They had an easy cover last night again, and they're same, same number, 14 to one in the East. And uh, the Cavaliers, I, I had them last night as a short dog that ended up closing one and a half. It was two and a half when we talked about it on the show. Um, yeah. They end up taking down the Clippers last night. That's a better number. That's 25, about double the number of the heat, but it all comes down to, you know, are we going to be searching for value when maybe, You don't need to. Um, Is it going to be one of those top two teams? That's where the conversation starts. Do you think Boston is going to fall apart once again? And then we saw Doc's debut last night. Is that going to work? They end up losing uh, to Denver. The Nuggets uh, end up covering the point spread there. But, I mean, that's what, what it's all about, right? Those top two to three teams, how much do you believe them? And the third one being Philly and Embiid. Like, yeah, Jesus, I feel... I feel for those people that uh, have MVP tickets. Yeah, because the magic number is down to five now, right? He can only miss five more games and uh, not have to worry about hitting the 65-game minimum for qualifying for MVP. You mentioned the Celtics, Joe. Like, down, what was it at halftime? I mean, double digits to New Orleans. They have to fight back in that one. They've looked wobbly at home uh, over the last couple of weeks. It's probably just January doldrums, dog days of the NBA season. Um, and, you know, they're losing a little focus, not quite as sharp. But I think that's something to keep an eye on. And they host the Pacers tonight. Uh, that'll be something that we'll get into a little bit later as well. SGA covered his 31 and a half, had 37 and a loss at home to the Timberwolves, who take control of the one seed out west, half game ahead of the Nuggets. Uh, Aaron, you missed your your triple-double, double-double combo. Sabonis, uh. though, 26 boards, Dude. season high. 26 boards uh, in a win over the Grizzlies. Um, Anthony Davis, no, yeah, yeah. he didn't have the double-double. Only Jokic got the triple-double, but I was close. 14th of the season. It's 14th of the season. We will talk Nuggets, Bucks, um, the Lakers getting blitzed by the Rockets in Houston, uh, and maybe Dylan Brooks getting inside the Lakers' heads. That coming up a little less than an hour from now. But coming up next... Super Bowl MVP market. What's it look like? Where do we jump first? Where do we like the value? A couple of intriguing numbers on the board. That's next right here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
by BetMGM from BetQL. And we know you want to talk about all those specials, the length of the anthem, the color of the Gatorade, all that kind of fun stuff. We'll do that in the third and final hour today here on BetQL Daily, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. But let's dig in on Super Bowl 58 into the good stuff, the MVP market, which already has seen some early movement at BetMGM. Patrick Mahomes going from 10 to 1 to plus 120. Brock Purdy from plus 450 to plus 220. Christian McCaffrey from 10 to 1 to plus 450. Uh, (laughs) Believe it or not, Lamar Jackson, thank you for coming, sir, had the uh, highest ticket percentage at BetMGM on Super Bowl MVP. That's out the window, so the book loses a large liability there. But Christian McCaffrey's up next at 11.8%. Also, the second largest handle at 14% to what was Lamar's almost 31%. Um, Travis Kelsey, though, a, a, a larger liability than McCaffrey, according to BetMGM. And I think some of that may have to do with the fact that he's he's kind of like that bridge, Aaron, between the safe bets at your Mahomes 120, Purdy 220, C-Mac 450, and your long shots, right? You get to Debo and Pacheco at 30 and 35 to 1 and beyond. Your Ayuk's your, your at 50 to 1 and Rasheed Rice at 60 to 1. The bridge there in the middle is Kelsey at 12 to 1. And oh, by the way, He's dating the most ubiquitous pop star in the world. So lots of people know the name. Lots of people may have placed that bet, not just throughout the season, but throughout the playoffs now. And especially in the next 12 days, that bet will be placed a lot. So let's start there. Kelsey at 12 to 1. Is that something that if you really believe in Kelsey as an MVP possibility, you have to jump on now? Because I imagine that number is going to get shorter. I, it already has, hasn't it? So for me, I feel like I couldn't get it now. Isn't Jake the one that has like 30 or 50 to one? 50, right, Jake? Yes, 50. Yeah. yeah I mean, every week I these feel get like shorter. a clown betting that now at 12 to one. But if you really want to jump in, it's hard to find value in some of these Super Bowl markets. Like, especially if you don't have any Chiefs futures. I don't hate it because the guy can go off and be the MVP, and maybe there's some fatigue there with Mahomes, Joe. Would you take a 21? There's a 21 out there. Would you do that? Yeah, Yeah. I would. Yeah. Yes. I'd consider that. Um, The first thing that comes to mind when I look at this, like we've been talking about how everybody seems to be betting the Chiefs. The quarterback of the Chiefs is favored for this award the quarterback that is the underdog in this game is favored to win the Super Bowl MVP, which I find fascinating. Part of that is uh, just the sentiment around Brock Purdy uh, as well. I find that interesting. So if Kelsey wins, he'd be the first tight end to ever be a Super Bowl MVP. And the other name that's going to be very popular here, uh, Christian McCaffrey, if he wins, he's going to be the first running back to win that award in 26 years since Terrell Davis did it. Does that matter to anybody about Kelsey? Never seen a tight end. We've seen a lot of great tight ends have good games, win the Super Bowl. And uh, it's been so long for running back. It, it's the era of, you know, devaluing the running back, I guess, outside yeah. of this guy. 
So this is interesting. 20% of the MVP vote is a fan vote now, mm-hmm. which I'll be totally honest, was not aware of. Um, this, this, this may be more impactful. And look, people are going to, the old men down the street are going to get tired of hearing this name so often in the next 12 days. But it has a legitimate impact in this regard to people will, will recognize the name Kelsey because of the name Swift. Sorry, it's just a fact of life. And if, if Swifties decide to get out and vote online for Travis Kelsey as MVP the day of the game because he had, you know, six catches and 85 yards and a touchdown, that might have yeah. some impact. Um, it, it's not, might, it won't be enough to, to win the MVP maybe, but it's enough to skew things maybe and, and throw the market off a little bit. Um, which is why you're seeing, I think the Kelsey number, like you said, Aaron come down already. Um, the other side of this is, I think it's a, yeah. a great point, Joe. Like we're talking about the underdog quarterback as the favorite to win MVP. <laughs> so with that logic in mind, let's talk favorites. Then let's talk Niners. You mentioned uh, Purdy at 220, McCaffrey at 450. Not a lot of value there. So then we've got to scroll down to, like I said, Debo at 30 to 1. Uh, Ayuk at 50 to 1. Kittle at 80 to 1. That's where we start to find some real value. And again, if it's not a quarterback, it's going to have to be somebody who I think has multiple touchdowns, right? Like that's yeah. that's where I look at it. And so is Debo likely to get a pair of touchdowns? Maybe he gets one on the ground, you know, gets one of those jet sweeps near the goal line and then catches another one later. Is Kittle a big red zone target? Um, That's where I start to come around. Does IU have another big play? And people say, you know, maybe it's as much a vote on, Oh, we had that play in the NFC championship. And now he comes up with a big one in the Super Bowl. Um, With it being a voting market and not a purely statistical market, that kind of opens up the angles here, Joe. I have uh, one Niners Super Bowl MVP bet from a couple of weeks ago, and I'm shocked that the number hasn't moved in a couple of weeks. Now that they're here, the number still hasn't moved. Because for most players, they just keep dropping every single week, and that's Nick Bosa. Um, I forgot mm-hmm. if I bet 100 or 125, but there's 100 available. A guy that had 10.5 sacks this year, a guy that's won the Defensive Player of the Year award, that if you're looking on that side of the ball, um, you would go with Bosa like okay purdy or cmc given the odds which one would i bet it's cmc because i'm getting double the payout and i actually think he he has just as good of a chance and i know it's usually a quarterback award but at the very top i would go cmc as we move down so debo's 35 to 1 iuk is 50 to 1 kittles 80 to 1 do i want to bet on any of those it's always difficult because with receivers pass catchers if any of them have a big day, that means the yardage is going to the quarterback. Those touchdowns are going to the quarterback. But this is always an interesting handicap because a lot of times we say, well, can one of Mahomes' receivers actually get it? Because if one of those receivers has two touchdowns, that means Mahomes getting those two and maybe ends up with three or four. I will remind you in recent years, when the receivers have won this award, Cooper Cup. We probably said that about Matthew Stafford that week. Julian Edelman probably said that about Tom Brady that week, right? You guys in Pittsburgh probably said that about Roethlisberger when receivers were getting the Super Bowl MVP and it wasn't him. 
right? I mean, Santonio's was based on one catch, more or less, right? Or or, or yes. one drive. Um, none of them were like such dominant lines. You, you went, oh, well, he has to usurp the quarterback. But volume. But volume. volume yeah. yeah. I mean, they're all eight, nine, ten catches. And Santonio Holmes was there. Heinz Ward wasn't, but he had the yardage and he had the touchdown. Um, yeah. It was a long time ago, but Deion Branch got it. So sometimes with great quarterbacks, a receiver that has a, a high-level performance can get it. I'll tell you. I was just looking at these super long shots on the San Francisco side too, um, because if it's not going to be pretty, where's it going to be? Are we, if it's what if it's a low scoring game? Could it be someone on the defensive end? What if it's a blowout? Because sometimes when you have these blowouts, it, it's just kind of random. It's like Dexter mm-hmm. Jackson because he had two interceptions in the first half. You know, just guys that you wouldn't expect. Um, Drake <laughs> Greenlaw has two interceptions this playoffs. He's seven hundred to one. Um, Fred Warner has four picks and four forced fumbles this season. He's 200 to one. Like I was just trying to come up with a case because if you're talking about a defensive player, that's what you would need. Sacks-wise, you would need probably two and a half to three sacks. You probably mm-hmm. need a touchdown, one or two turnovers. Like You need to totally fill up that stat sheet, and that's why you get these super long shot numbers. But, um, you know, lot lot. his names are interesting, but you would need a very low-scoring game. And, like, if you are looking for someone on the defensive side for the Chiefs, like Chris Jones, like, perhaps Mahomes isn't having the best day and his receivers are dropping um, passes again. And it's just everything's going wrong, which could open things up for someone like a Chris Jones to maybe have, you know, a great day, defend a pass, get a couple sacks, and he's just doing everything. And here's the other thing, like, as I'm scanning the list here, guys, of Super Bowl MVPs, yeah. going back to the Terrell Davis mention that Joe had a couple minutes ago, um, the last time a running back won Super Bowl MVP, we're talking about wide receivers, right? Since that, that Terrell Davis MVP in, in uh, Super Bowl 32, we've mm-hmm. had five wide receivers win the MVP, four defensive mm-hmm. players. It's not wow. that much mm-hmm. of a reach to talk about a defensive player winning MVP. Ray Lewis, Dexter Jackson, uh, Malcolm Smith. Von Miller. Um, so it's it's not as big of a reach as you think, especially in a in a year where we're talking about two really good defenses. Yeah, San Francisco hasn't shown up the last two weeks as as well as it did early in the season during the regular season. And, but Kansas City's defense that like we talked about to start the show, yeah, they're dealing with a big injury, but that defense has dragged that team kicking and screaming through some really difficult spots this year I could see you've got guys on both sides I mean think of like a Fred Warner uh you know there are names that people recognize too to bring the voting aspect of it back in Aaron there are names that people recognize and if that player has a big play or two that shifts the momentum in the game and there isn't a crazy offensive stat line this is a 17-10 kind of game there you go there's your formula yeah, or we can just, you know, build up some steam through our show, social media, pick a long shot now and just talk about it every day so we can get that 
and we're in, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. It, it was both of yes. them, right? Bosa or Jones at 100 to 1. Per- hey, Purdy has a four interception game this year. So maybe. Yeah, I, I thought, that's... I know he's fresh in, because of the play, he's fresh in everybody's mind. But I was thinking about Sneed at 270 to 1. Like, he makes a play yeah. like that, like, like he did on Flowers. He could be in that conversation. Um, top of the board, though, for the Chiefs. I, I actually think that's a really important point about the 20% for the voters. Do you guys think at this moment, Travis Kelsey is more popular than Patrick Mahomes? With the general public, yes. I think so, too. Yeah. I think people that are just going to blindly vote don't care about the result of the game. Kelsey's going to run away with that 20%. No, but there's a lot there's of people that are annoyed with Kelsey now too. Like if you look on Instagram and read the comments on these Swift yeah. Kelsey I am pictures, too. they're like, I'm I am... so sick of these people. So I think yeah. it depends. Like, do Swifties even know how to vote for Super Bowl MVP? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do. They'll figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> they'll, they're oh, I was gonna say 17 to 25 years old, they'll figure well, it out as opposed to your uncle to who can't even get Peacock to watch the divisional <laughs> games. Correct. Right. The people mad so the people mad are not voting like the right? swifties yes. are your vote are voting so like i'm handing, whether the 49ers win or the chiefs win this 20 percent might go to kelsey either way so like yeah even if and, like and does that help cmc i think it's the, going the niners win and any publicity is good publicity like that's a thing and so people some people may be tired of travis kelsey Oh, well, too bad. There's a reason Travis Kelsey is in 90% of Patrick Mahomes' commercials now. It's because people recognize him, right? I think he's more popular than the best quarterback in the world, which is his teammate. I agree. And and he's got, again, the fan base of the biggest pop star in the world in his corner who are all going to be on their phones scrolling Instagram. Oh, my God. Uh, The Super Bowl's on? I I should vote for it. I should vote. What's his name again? Taylor. What's it takes man's name? It takes Travis? one Taylor Swift fan account posting a link to with yep. th- hundreds oh, of th- and then they all just have to click it and it takes them right there. It'd be over. done. Man, she's got to post votes. it. Vote for my man. Done deal. Oh, done deal. I what need, else is I she going to do when mean... she's flying over from Tokyo? I need more of Mean Girl Chris back. I need more of that yeah. in my life. Listen, I oh. like it. This We're, is uh, just ridiculous. <laughs> what are you guys even talking about? What's football? I thought that was where they kicked at. God, this is so dumb. Where's Usher? Bet you all dailies presented by BetMGM. Listen to us on your Odyssey app and never hear that voice again, hopefully. And watch us on Twitch, <laughs> twitch.tv slash BetQL. Coming up next, we go off the board on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. The board. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack, Joe Wistrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth with you. And can't stop chuckling thinking about that Rex Ryan just 
ripping Todd Munkin apart. Like, did anyone else find his teeth a little bit distracting? <laughs> what are you talking about, Eric? <laughs> my C-Rex Ryan. I don't really hear what he's saying because I'm just staring. <laughs> exactly. What are you talking about? He was making such a great point, but all I could see was I teeth. Can't. And it was hard for me to focus. He needs to stain them or something. Like, just make them more natural. The Just bottom row is really what got me. Is it? Just everything looks so perfect oh. and white and like. What's the bottom oh, row? Is it nothing? There... He's done no work down there. So he no, got he has bottoms. just. Yeah, exactly. Well, which you uh... should do, but it's just a well... lot of teeth. Like you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chris, if you're watching the video, Chris just basically made him out to be like Fire Marshal Bill, apparently. Yes, hey, there you go. That's exactly what it was. A modern day See, version, Nettie. like real life version. Hey, kids, whatever you do when there's a fire, don't stomp it out with your feet. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was so hot. I was like, oh, that, man. That was popping. <laughs> All right, we'd love like, to yeah, talk about Go ahead. You couldn't focus either? Never. That's all I see. White. <laughs> oh, wow, Jake. Yeah, I got him. I got Chris. Let's go. That's, that's non-repeatable that's non on the air, I don't think. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's not often you get Chris Mack, but sometimes when you do. Hey, man. Gotta watch out. I can't, I can't <laughs> finish driving this segment after reading that. Oh my goodness. All right. Oh, I'm man. crying. Okay. <clears throat> so we've got some good topics in here. Um Club Shay Shay makes uh appearances on the show often. I just learned that the there's another show. It's called Nightcap with Unk and Ocho. So yeah. it's Shannon Sharp and Chad o Ocho Cinco. I I kept seeing them together, but I just thought it he was just a regular on Club Shay Shay. But now I understand two different podcasts. So sorry. It's about like that. every night so they, one... rec they record super late. Oh. Let me tell you, I've I've seen it a couple times. They get into some topics like stuff that you cannot talk about on broadcast yeah. TV. Like they get into some stuff. You would Good. love it. You would love it. Okay. I was like, I so can't it's believe every night, five days a week. I think so. That's a lot. Maybe not a Friday or Saturday wow. night, but after NFL games, <laughs> I know they were doing it. Good. It's so it. funny. Check it out. Like I it, cry laughing. It really is. Like what it's was good. what stands out, Jake, from an episode I, I, that you remember? I'll I'll send you the TikTok. Um, <laughs> we're gonna be towing some lines here, otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to talk about. Um. Yeah. X-rated might be up my yes. alley then. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. BetQL daily after dark, like on crack. <laughs> yep. Love it. Yep. I'm here for all of that. Well, anyways, they brought up a good point that Taylor Swift now moves the needle more than Beyonce, and they were debating it. Do you guys agree? Because I think we are there. And this con the whole yeah. concert tour really helped Taylor Swift. I didn't even hear that much about her until the tour. And now with the Travis Kelsey thing, I can't help but go anywhere. I am hearing about her constantly. I don't think it's close. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think they're in the same area. Like, it's not even close. 
Swift has made so we looked it up a couple months ago. She's made a her values a lot more money, right? Like the amount of money that she's made and like do you ever remember a Beyonce tour being talked about like this? N- no. 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 I I don't either. I don't either. Like um it, it, just there the was constant shots and every girl is talking about Taylor Swift. You know, as much as guys complain about how sick of it, they are. They they're still talking about it in one way. They weren't talking about Beyonce. No. And and Beyonce's halftime show when she did the Super Bowl, I thought was great. Like she puts on an awesome show. I but like 5 years ago, maybe this is a conversation. But like to your point, Aaron, the Eras tour, what did clear a billion dollars or whatever it was. You look at the economic impact in the cities where she went and it was in the hundreds of millions in some cities. I mean, yeah. she com- she she completely breathed life into into municipal economies across the United States. And I mean, it, she is. I said it earlier. She's the most ubiquitous pop star in the world. You put her face on the screen. I don't think there's a person in the world that doesn't recognize her. Are, are, are her recorded concerts still doing well in movie theaters across the country? Yeah. Like, I know girls mm-hmm. that have gone four or five times to go see a recorded concert. They've already <laughs> paying money like like you do for a and, movie. And I think that's what's so silly about people thinking like she's going to have some type of performance at the Super Bowl. She has her own Super Bowl every time she steps on a stage. Yeah. She doesn't she's, need this. She's you not know? going to work at the Super Bowl. She's going to watch her fake boyfriend. And that everything that goes along with that. And but by the way, I love you. She has a concert the night before outside of the country, right? I saw it somewhere. Yeah, like Tokyo. they're trying to figure out. Yeah, can in Tokyo. She make it? She's in Tokyo. Yeah, she's going to do a concert the night before in Tokyo. Then she's going to perform for the world at the Super Bowl. It ain't happening. No, I guess with the time change, they were saying that she would get back like Saturday night. So I assume she will be there, ready to go all her travis kelsey gear on um but yeah no no performance from her if you were looking for that but i did go down a deep path of uh i saw people were trying to lip read after they won the afc championship and she's on the field like hugging travis kelsey and people are speculating that they think she said the words i love you and i'm like this is ridiculous i could i watched it like five times i could not see it but this is where we are right now as a society. She she is very over the top. I'm not criticizing her, but with everything she does, like people years ago before she was this popular, people that would be annoyed by her um, would be mad because like when if you ever watch any clips from her concerts, like the rea- reaction that she gives based on the reaction of the audience is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're getting these reactions every night like it's you're still that overwhelmed like she is quite theatric like she is over the top a little yeah. bit sometimes but that's fine it's worked for her and it it's works, amazing works for the brand yeah she's been able to do yeah well switching gears to football college football recently we heard from chargers new head coach jim harbaugh on his decision to leave michigan yeah it was it was tough uh, i was torn my wife kids uh i love michigan but i love the nfl too and uh there's no lombardi trophy in, in college football and yeah i got so many sands left in the hourglass and i want to I take a crack at that and there's there's uh, nowhere better to do it than with the los angeles chargers 
Well, I guess he feels no, we're like better. he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're better. I mean, I think we thought he would do this eventually um, with after his stint with the Niners. And he was very successful there right away. Um, pretty close that, you know, he'd he'd want that at least to get back to the Super Bowl and hopefully win one, Chris. Yeah, I'm not a huge Jim Harbaugh fan by any means, but I think there is some legitimacy in those comments when he talks about, you know, there's no Lombardi in, in college football. I mean, he I think he's only due to make like a million and a half, two million more per year. I say that like it's not a lot of money, but it, relatively speaking to what Michigan was willing to go to to keep him, they were willing to go to like 10 and a half, 11 million a year to keep him if they had to. They would have found the money. And from what I've read, it's more like 12 and a half, I think, for him personally in L.A. for the Chargers. So I, I do buy into what he's saying a little bit there, that this is you know, this, this is a guy who's coached in a Super Bowl before. And that sort of final brass ring is still out there for him to try and achieve. So that's there's got to be some allure. When you've conquered one level and, you know, you, you've been so close at the, the highest level, I mean, I do think there's some motivation to want to go back and try to get to that point. The presence of one man in an organization has completely changed how many of us think about the Chargers. Now it's it's not if everything goes right, if, 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 if they can avoid, ever avoid the injuries. It's the floor is high. The floor is playoffs now. And the ceiling is Super Bowl just because of Harbaugh. And I think that's the difference. Like people say, oh, well, if you're going to put the Chargers in, who are you taking out? Oh, I don't know. Pittsburgh? Like There are things that go wrong for a team every single year. And yeah. 14 make the playoffs now. It's not that difficult. If you're around 500, you're in the conversation. And Harbaugh is going to change the culture. They're going to land on the right GM. I know they're still figuring that out. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much trust with him. The it's bare minimum playoff, and at some point, I expect it to be championship conversation. So speaking of, I, I like to compare the Clippers and the Chargers, and maybe Paul needs to do one of those parlays. Like, could this be the year both those teams actually LA, LA. live up to the hype? Lala, Lala, Lala parlay. Uh, I mean, if the world's going to end, the Clippers and the Chargers are both going to win championships. Like, I will take the no, because otherwise the world's blowing up. That's um, never happening. Like, just never no. happening. It's, thing, it's a different city, different city, but similar fan bases. Throw in the Padres while you're at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the trifecta. Or the Angels. I love The it. Angels, for that matter. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, let's no let's get real crazy. After Otani goes, then we win. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, are oh, we wow. forgetting? Like, the Harbaugh thing's great. It still says Chargers right here. We're saying they're not going to Charger <laughs> at all next year. Come on, I'm not there. Are you? Like, so it's you're a great, out. Like Herbert. I'm, I'm saying out, make the I'm playoffs. Not, I'm not putting them. In, ah, I don't know. That's a guarantee. Like, I'm not there. No, like, it's, it's not a guarantee. Wow. Division. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I, I can't do the Chargers complete buy-in yet. They've got to do something, and if Harbaugh's staff can do it, I think they might be the ones to do it about that defense. They've got a collection of great names, but they haven't played up to it sure. the last couple of years. It is Beck UL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, 
One of the stars of this NBA season expected to return from injury tonight in a possible playoff preview. Pacers, Celtics, and the rest of the NBA card. Will we get Embiid against the Warriors as well? Coming up right here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM.